everybody. It's Nathan with the Birds and the Lees. Good to see you, or actually not see you because we're all still in quarantine. To hear you, maybe even to uh, hopefully hear from you, but uh, hopefully everybody's doing okay. I am here in my home, our sanctuary, our fallout shelter in the midst of uh, COVID-19 with my lovely wife, Kim, who's actually in another room, not because we're staying six feet apart, but because it's much easier to do a podcast this way. And we're on Zoom tonight, which is something we've never done before. Uh, Kim, how are you? I'm doing well. She's doing well. And uh, you guys can't see, but she looks extremely happy. <laughs> that's a joke. Oh because, uh, you know, that's just a joke. I'm sorry. She is very happy. We've had a lot of projects and we're just enjoying all this time at home for the next two months with our children. So this has been awesome. But hey, tonight we have two very special guests, two very good friends of ours um, who are joining us for the conversation tonight. And uh, they have been friends with us. Man, how long has this been? This has been like, uh, man, 10 years now we've known each other. Yeah, over 10 years now, yeah. 10 years, wow, okay. Well, it's Mike and Robin Matthews, and uh, Mike is a pastor. He's in ministry. He and I have done ministry together. Robin, um, you, uh, what are you currently doing? Ministry-wise, I am, uh, I lead worship at our church. Okay. And kind of do some uh, women's ministry stuff. Cool. Awesome. Well, they, uh, they um, have been friends, like I said, they've been friends with ours, with us for uh, several years now. And I know that uh, uh, both of them have a passion for ministry and uh, have done some really awesome uh, things at their church where they're currently at. And it's been neat to see how God's been using that. But tonight we just wanted to have a conversation with them. And uh, the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna hand it over to them. And uh, why don't we start with Mike. Hey, Mike, why don't you uh, let everybody know where you're at um, and uh, kind of what your uh, what ministry you're involved in right now at your church and uh, just kind of let us know where you are. All right. Well, um, uh, my name is Mike Matthews. I am, I'm the lead pastor at a small uh, independent Baptist church in Western PA uh, called First Baptist of Claysville. Um, we are very rural, uh, but we are um, probably 25 to 35 people on a regular Sunday that attends uh, prior to the whole COVID-19 drama. Um, uh, one of the big things that our church is part of right now is with Grove City College, I am working with other rural pastors to equip rural ministry to be healthy and to help influence the culture. You know, a lot of times they say culture comes from the city to the country, but we believe at this project that rural ministries can influence bigger cities for Christ. Awesome. Now, when we, when we met, we were uh, in ministry in the Pittsburgh area. How far are you guys outside of the Pittsburgh area? 15 minutes. 15, so you're 15 minutes. 15, okay, 20 so. minutes. It's, it's interesting to uh, lay that out just geographically that 15 minutes outside of Pittsburgh uh, is, would be considered rural ministry, which I've been there. So I totally get that. And I totally yeah. understand. Um, whereas 15 minutes from where we are, we're still city proper of Dallas. And uh, so, yeah. um, you know, rural in Texas is if you go rural, there's nobody there. I mean, there's literally yeah. nobody there except cows. Um, okay, so that's that's cool. Now you said you've been involved with Grove City. Yeah, it's a collab, it's a collaborative with um, Grove City College, and it's called 
the rural project on rural ministry and um at the end of the it's a five-year project okay. and there's about 20 there's a there's about 20 other pastors involved from pennsylvania west virginia and ohio and at the end of the five years the the payoff will be each church will get an internship from a Grove City College student oh, wow. to fill a need to, to fill a need that that we can't meet right now. Okay, so there's a there's an element of providing a vocational experience for uh, someone who's wanting to go full time ministry. Yes, and and give them a real look at what it's like to be in rural ministry and the difficulties and the challenges um, of that. And it's a it's a five year commitment um, for every pastor involved. That's and, awesome. it, and, and we had our, and we're, we're broken out in different cohorts. Like I'm in the Appalachian cohort. So that's Western Pennsylvania, like, uh, West Virginia. So, so there's, we're, we're like, we're caught, we're spread out throughout the tri-state area. Okay. And, that's but awesome. The, but home front, on the home front of ministry, what I'm trying to do it's equipped our church members to do ministry and to understand that it's not always on the pastor. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, the answer to ministry cannot be just the pastor that does it all or the pastor's family. And that happens a lot in small town churches or, mm -hmm. or in big time churches too. But, but uh, you know, the one thing I, I, I said before we started is, with our church having to go online, our church having to go online, um, and it's forced to, it forced people to actually step up and volunteer, and it's been going really well. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, and that's awesome to see. Real quick, I'm going to come back to you in just a second, Mike, because there's some things I want to dig down in there. But Robin, I just wanted you to give you a little bit of uh, this kind of the same question you said. Obviously, you've been involved with worship. You've been uh, leading some of women's ministry, but you've also been involved in uh, some other areas career-wise where you, I, I think you could qualify them as ministry, um, not necessarily specifically ministry focused, but they were serving the community, if I'm correct. Yeah, I've been working in the nonprofit world for probably 12 or 13 years, I guess now. Mm -hmm. um, so for eight years, I worked for uh, Dress for Success, which is a nonprofit that helps women um, get clothing for interviews and work attire and things like that. Um, and then now I work for uh, a program called Faith in Action, and we help pair volunteers with seniors or people with disabilities who might need some help with light housekeeping or transportation to doctor's appointments or um, respite care, things like that. Okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to, uh, so, so as a whole, your family, um, you, you're much like, uh, where Kim and I are in that, uh, there, there's a member, there's not just one member of the family who's involved in either the nonprofit world or, uh, ministry, both are, you know, obviously very, uh, involved in both the church, but then there's, there's other things outside of that. And I would say, you know, even, uh, Mike being involved with the the uh, cohort program and how he's describing that with Grove City, you know, there's this all this other stuff that's going on around the church, outside of the church that you're involved in, and I think that's that's really cool. 
Kim, did you, uh, uh, you know, as we were kind of sitting down, like I said, this is supposed to be a conversation and not necessarily just me droning on. Um, but uh, one of the things Mike said um, was, you know, obviously the picture of church that some people sometimes have is that the pastor comes in with his family and he's the one, uh, they are the one who are kind of making the church work and operate yeah. and taking care of all the stuff. Um, you guys are coming from, again, uh, when we met, you guys were involved, we were involved in the same church and we've kind of both ended up in two different, in places that are very different from where we met uh, at, a, at a larger church in Pittsburgh, in the Pittsburgh area. Um, you know, by the definition of churches here in the Dallas area, we've got about 300 people, which isn't considered to be a huge church at all. Um, but, you know, there's kind of the same mindset of ministry. When the transition from the big church kind of um, uh, environment to the smaller church environment, how, what were some of the challenges in that? How did you guys feel about that transition? How did, how did that go for you guys? It was, it was, it's definitely a transition going from, you know, one of the largest churches in the area where we attended and did some ministry mm -hmm. to, um, not, not having resources. Right. I mean, it's, it's definitely, our dog, we have very needy dogs. <laughs> yeah. Have one of those yeah. They are not, they are not, they are not respecting our podcast time. Yeah. Right they, they do not understand social distancing. Yeah. <laughs> We've got one. Like our, our, our human child is totally fine with leaving us, you know, alone for a while. The dogs don't understand that. That's one wants to play ball. One has to go outside. It's yeah. Just, it's always yeah, they don't, Maggie. Oh, we um, have what we have one that has to. You have to open the door for him to act like he acts like he's wanting to go outside. You have to open the door for him before he'll eat his dinner, because he doesn't go outside. <laughs> you just have to open the door and close it. Oh, well, so, well, he just wants to make sure the door yeah, open. Maybe yeah. it's a ministry family thing that we have unique yeah. pets. <laughs> I think so. so. You give all you give all your time to all these people. Give us your time. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna develop all these neuroses. So you have to give us time. <laughs> Oh, here we, I'm gonna try to separate these dogs because they want to play ball. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you take Bingo over with you. Okay. Yeah, we're sorry, guys. It, oh no, this is awesome. I, I tried timing it out. I thought I had had their uh, potty breaks down. <laughs> I really, I really never saw myself being a dog person, but here we are. Here we are. Owning dogs. Yeah, dogs can be like toddlers. Well, so Mike, you you were saying resources. That was yeah. a big one. Yeah, I mean when I mean when I was you know, when I was at our former church, you know, I was working full time in nonprofit and I was I, I, I felt like when I was a volunteer, even in our church setting, I had more resources as a volunteer. Than I do now as a as a paid pastor, and, and it's not and it's not anyone's it's not anyone's fault. It's just the nature of, you know, the size of our church and what we can do financially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and we experienced the same thing in that the it, it's been interesting that in our journey to where we are now, uh, we've gone from progressively we've gone to progressively smaller churches. Um, and we've seen that, we've experienced that well as the resource uh, 
the resource issue has become um, the thing that has, uh, and, and it almost seems like it's more of a of, of the, uh, the the I don't even know how to say it. Uh, the non-human resource is what we lack in because I, you just mentioned more of your people are stepping up to serve, which is awesome, yeah. which is what we want. And is what we're seeing in our church as well. Even before COVID, uh, we did a study on how many people were serving our church and we have like an 82% participation rate in serving. Wow. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. Um, what's interesting is yet you look around, you go, man, we still got all these gaps we got to fill. <laughs> How does that happen? Because we have so many serving. It's, it's trying to figure out, okay, so where is everybody serving? But it sounds like you guys, and I've seen some of this on Facebook. Um, was that a culture that you feel like you guys had to come in and really speak to that in your church? Was that another one of the challenges is kind of changing that mindset? Yeah. The, you know, the, the timing, uh, the timing of this pandemic is odd to me because for four years now, I, I have been, pre I have been preaching from the pulpit. You know, we have to, you know, we, we have to be the church. The church is bigger than the building we attend, and you know, you know, our church has a history of of pastors not sticking around um they hire new pastors out of seminary or and you know i when i came here i'm the first pastor they hired from the area that has roots here so okay. i told them i told them i don't see this as a stepping stone i want to do life here i want to uh help this church thrive for the gospel here in Washington County and throughout the world. So it really was a culture that slowly but surely we had to foster and and people had to buy in. I had to earn people, you know, I had to earn credibility, you know, and that takes time. Yeah. yeah. What is What has been your favorite part of the whole experience of going from where you were at to where you are now? What is your, like, what is, when you think about the joy, the best thing that happened in that transition, what was it? Um, I, I guess I, I love, I love being a pastor and I love getting to see people actually walk in their gifts to actually see that Jesus can use, Jesus can use them too. And I, and I think that, you know, being a person with cerebral palsy, and all those stereotypes that come with that, I think the fact that people in our church community saw God using me is mm -hmm. is dawning on them that they can He can use them too. So mm -hmm. that's my biggest joy is seeing people realize that, hey, the same Holy Spirit that's in Pastor Mike or other favorite pastors on TV or whatever is the same Holy Spirit in me too. In that mm -hmm. I'm called, I, I, my greatest joy is seeing people become disciples and not just say a sinner's prayer and wait for heaven to come. <laughs> yeah. Yes, unfortunately, too often. So, on that same vein, Mike, what, oops, I have a list, a short list here of questions for you. Hold on. Um, so, within the church itself as a whole, not necessarily yours. What is something you wish you could see change? Um, 
I I would like to see. I'm not talking about specific my church, but right. church in the church in the West because we're so consumer driven. Is that I would like pastors to be seen as shepherds again and real people. Um, we're not going to be perfect, but a lot of times I see the pastor is viewed as an employee of the church, and 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 if we're not perfect and we're not sinless because we're not going to be then people 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 judge us a little bit harshly and and it's all about he's not meeting my needs and what i always tell people is just because i'm behind the pulpit doesn't mean that i don't need grace and forgiveness too so i would like to i would love to see pastors uh uh perspective again um just for the work that we do uh, i saw a study years ago mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was barna but it seemed uh, it said that pastors were viewed a little bit lower than the plumber profession i don't know about you but i think plumbers are a pretty big deal <laughs> and but uh, just to have res- <laughs> just, just have respect for like I, I, I don't feel like pastors are, I mean, solid pastors. I'm not talking about like uh, rock star <laughs> pastors or anything like that, but solid pastors who are trying our best to serve a congregation. Just, just give us some grace because, you know, we're all so maturing as Christians and we're not yeah. going to be, per- and we're not going to be perfect. And, and, and I try, I, I try to tell people don't put me on a pedestal because I roll that you down. But after that moment, when I do that you down, don't give up on me because I let you down. Yeah. I know Nathan and I have struggled a little bit with uh, not just, I mean, even take the Christian level out of it, right? Like, okay, have grace on me because I'm a Christian, but also have grace on me as a mom or a dad or a husband or wife or you know, whatever the scenario brings, sometimes, although we are, we have a higher calling as a pastoral family, um, I often find that um, sometimes, not often, sometimes I find that the grace is doled out in much smaller doses um, when it comes to my kids or, you know, things like that. I have to protect them a little bit from other people's opinions. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing with Robin and I and Reese is we're pretty transparent about who we are. I try to be the same Mike I am behind the pulpit that I am outside the pulpit. And I know that gets me in trouble sometimes, but, but the thing is Robin, Reese and I will never be perfect. And, and I just wish that the people that we serve and, and that we love would get that. Like, I'm not expecting my, my congregation to be sinless we never run out of our need for the gospel of Jesus. So mm-hmm. likewise, I would like pastors because, because pastors live in isolation a lot of times. We're afraid to let people see our mistakes and our sins because, you know, we have seen people get fired over a yeah. moment of transparency. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's scary. A lot of, pa- a lot of former pastors, um, I'm learning they go into the IT field because they get burned out on people. So 
So just remember that, you know, not only am I your pastor, but I'm also a husband to Robin and I'm a dad to Reese and I'm trying to make it through this life too. Yeah. Robin on the, I don't uh, think, go ahead, Mike, I'm sorry. No, I, I, I would just add that. I don't think, I think, uh, people, it's easier to judge us and look at their own sins. And I, I wish people would realize like we're trying to live out this Christian life too. Yeah. yeah. Robin, for you, you know, I, I, it's always been fun in all the years we've known each other because I think we have the same kind of uh, dynamic in our families is we're just who we are. You either just, yeah. uh, you know, how do you, uh, and I know for Kim, sometimes there have been moments where it's like, okay, so my husband's the pastor. How much of myself can I be like? Uh, did you ever experience any of that, especially coming into a new church? Yeah. And I, I think, um, like Mike said, we are very, we are who we are. I mean, mm -hmm. there's no, like, this is who they are at church. This is who they are outside. We are who we are. Um, and so, you know, uh, soon after Mike got his pastor at this church, um, I started singing in a professional manner, um, in a musical duo and we perform all over the place. So I spend most of my evenings in bars and wineries and breweries. Um, and so that was kind of a shock to our, to our church, um, for a while, like, you know, what, what's happening here. But, you know, I said, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm exactly where God has called me to be. Um, I don't do anything other than sing, you know, yeah. I mean, I love on people. I love on people everywhere I go. Like, um, I hope that I show the love of Christ wherever I am. Um, so, you know, it really, so I, I think it was a bit of a shock and I do think, you know, Mike and I are not the typical, you know, ministry couple, like, you know, like Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we come in, you know, when the Matthews are in the room, because we just like come in like a lion, like one of us will probably trip and fall. Yeah. The other ones will be laughing. Like we just, we just are always like that. It, sometimes it's embarrassing, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we're, 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 we're messy people. I mean, yeah. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. So I didn't become a Christian too until I was like 19. So I don't know. I don't know all the the normal uh, Christian subculture behaviors. So I I don't I don't do it. Like like yeah. when pe when people start saying I can't believe you watch that music or you listen to that you listen to that music or how can Pastor Mike like pro wrestling because I'm a nerd and I love pro wrestling <laughs> for your listeners. But the thing is, I didn't grow up in that. So I grew up in the culture of grace. So I understood, I was taught by pastors of that Jesus forgiven my, all my sins and that I'm new in him, but I didn't know that there were certain, certain things like that, that Christians, that Christians, that Christians are not allowed to do certain things. And I, I think I, I boggle people's minds because a lot of people who grew up in a very self-righteous, legalistic home meet Robin and I and they're like, 
what is wrong with these two? <laughs> and I think that's part of it is, you know, I, I did grow up in a Christian home and my parents are amazing, wonderful Christian people who, I mean, I adore. I'm very blessed that they're my parents. Um, but they were very non-judgmental because I wasn't a Christian until I was about 22. And so I was like this little hippie chick and, you know, a lot of my friends did things they shouldn't be doing along with me. And they were never judgmental to um, my friends and stuff. And so, but I did see a lot of uh, fake Christians, you know, just people who, you know, say they love Christ, but it didn't show in their actions. And so I think Mike and I, because we've kind of seen people like that, we just realized we, we don't, that's the farthest thing that we want to be. We want to be authentic for Christ. And if that means that sometimes, um, I throw down a, the F-bomb or something by accident. Um, it happens. Like, you know, we're not perfect just because we're Christians. Um, we still stub our toe and get angry or um, get angry at each yeah. other. And We're yeah. sinful. I mean, I mean, you know, I once heard a pastor say one time that he's only accountability partner with Jesus because he can't let mm -hmm. people in. And that's scary to me because if you don't let people in your life, if you don't do life with other Christians, you're not going to mature. Mm -hmm. You need people to watch your blind spots. And that takes time. Let me, like, just don't tell everyone that says you're a Christian, your deepest, darkest, sinful moment. You know, they have to, they have to prove themselves that they can be trusted with your heart. But I, I can't help it. I have to be here God made me. And and that's how I, I I that's why I try helping other people understand. Jesus wants to live his life through your expression of it. He wants mm -hmm. to use your personality that he given you to glorify him. And I I can't I'm never gonna wear a suit when I preach. I'm never gonna I'm never gonna uh wear you know, I'm never gonna be a King James only Bible thumping preacher. That's just not my style. I'm going to be honest and authentic about the scriptures, but I'm also going to go watch Marvel movies. <laughs> so, so Robin, I asked him a couple questions. Why don't you tell me what, what is your, what's the best part about ministry? Let's start there for you. To me, the best part about being in ministry is um, just forming relationships with people. I love, um, I love to love on people and be able to pray with them. And um, to me, that's my favorite part is just forming the relationships. And what about the opposite of that? The worst or most frustrating? Um, when her husband won't stop talking about work. For that, uh, yes. Um, <laughs> when you're in ministry, it is hard uh, as a couple to turn it off. Um, it yeah. seems like every it seems like every single conversation ends up back about ministry or church or something, and it's like um, that can be pretty pretty kind of frustrating. So, how do you, with that being the top frustration, how do you? for that a little bit and do you have ways to stop that or is it just a frustration you deal with because that's the way it is 
Um, it's definitely something that we struggle with on a consistent basis. This has been since even when we were dating before we were married. So we'll be married for 13 years. So we're still trying to work this out. Um, but you know, I think sometimes Mike will be talking about it now to say, you know what, like I'll wait until he's done with that thought and I'll be like, I don't, I don't want to talk about ministry anymore. Like I just have to cut it off. And he's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, I, it's something I struggle with because I'm so passionate about the local church and I want I want to help Christians become lovers of Jesus but you know I need what, the one thing that I'm working on is um, is before I come through the door I, I take off Pastor Mike and I become Mike the dad and Mike the husband mm-hmm. I've been working on that um I'm not perfect at it, but but I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm not gonna lie. I I I. God's really been working on me in that area. You know, we could have. We could have. Oh no. Are they still there? Are, are, are you there? Oh yes. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that I'm trying to focus on is we the people that want me to be their pastor. I I pastor them, but. I tend to focus on the one critic and that what that would get in my head for a week. Like, mm-hmm. oh no, he didn't like what I said or she didn't like my sermon or so I've been really focusing on counting the blessing of the ministry and then turning it off when I come to the door. And, yeah. and Nathan and I have had that same a similar type struggle um from time different at uh, different seasons in our life in different ways. But um, one of the things that we've had to do is when it comes to, sometimes we just leave the house, right? Like we have to get, at, whether it's for a walk or go to the nearest um, big park, you know, drive to the nearest big park or um, even go to the mall and just walk around for the purpose of engaging our mind in something outside of church. Um, that is yeah. something. Go ahead. I was going to say, but in, in, and I'm kind of where Mike is, you know, one, one critic of any time I preach and then, you know, it's kind of like, that's all I focus on. So we started having Kim sit in the front row because she's my best, she's my biggest critic. And so she's the only one I listen to. And so if, yeah. I, come, if yeah. I come out the door and she's brutally honest, because you know, whenever you preach, you get a lot of those claps on the bow. Oh, that was great. That was wonderful. And then you go, yeah, you probably weren't listening. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I walk out to Kim and I look at her and she gives me either a, Hey, that was good. Or a, eh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Robin, Robin can always tell me when uh, she's like, I, I can tell when it's you preaching or when it's Matt Chandler preaching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she can always, tell. she can always tell who I've been listening to that week. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I, you know, the one thing I have put into practice is, if I'm preaching to a certain topic or a book of the Bible, I won't listen to my favorite pastors that have mm. preached on that until I'm done. Because if I do, if I don't, if I do that, Robin can always tell when, like no one else can tell, but she can tell. Oh, you are listening to John Piper this week, or <laughs> so. Yeah, we pick, up, we pick up the mannerisms of others and their and the way they the way they speak. I you know I totally get that. I'll even do that with the guys I work with. 
I'll start, uh, I'll listen to, you know, if we are tag teaming the, uh, the messages, I'll listen to the one the week before and I'm trying to emulate what he did mm -hmm. in some way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's all the questions I have. Do you guys have, um, I know we always enjoy and laugh and have fun together just as a couple going out to eat when we, you know, every 10 years when we get to do it. <laughs> when Mike comes and has tacos in Texas. Oh, yeah. yum. I hope God calls me back there. <laughs> um, but is there any wisdom you have for someone that might be um, struggling in ministry or getting into ministry? Something you really, um, that lays on your heart, you would want to offer that person? I, well, um, <laughs> for, me, for me, I would just like, I always, when I start to struggle or I start to get, feel defeated, um, I just take it back to, you know, just to the Bible and, and I just try to spend time with God and remember, you know, why we do what we do and um, just continue to love. Like, I, I just always want to show love, no matter how, you know, bad things might get or ugly things might get. I always tell Mike, when, when people go low, we go, we go high. Like, no matter what happens, we don't. We don't succumb to those, you know, if someone is upset with us or um, things like that, just um, just try to remember why we got into ministry and um, that it's all about just showing the love of Christ um, and pointing people to the cross. What about you? Um, to, to pastors, I would just encourage them to uh, f make sure you focus on your relationship with the Lord and your spouse. Um, because if, if the gospel don't work in our home, it's not going to work when you're preaching in your churches. So Christianity has to be real for us. And we really need to make sure that we're maturing in faith or we will, you know, the toughest time for me in ministry is when I'm doing stuff for God, but I'm not being with God. So make sure that as a couple and as individuals, if you're in ministry, make that time to spend with the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, yeah, I 100% agree. You know, and, and it's, it's fun to catch up with you guys because, you know, I can sit here and 100% say to anybody who's listening that, you know, everything Mike and Robin have shared is 100% true. You can hear Mike's passion for, you know, the, for teaching, uh, for uh, leading a community, Robin. You are, yes, absolutely, you love people well. You do. And that's very visible and very clear, um, you know, and, and just being very, very real. In fact, I, when Mike said that, he goes, I just am who I am. I can remember sitting down talking with him about uh you know assisting with youth ministry and him telling me he was in a rap group oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that was in the very first conversation and i'm like oh we got out of <laughs> we got out of that uh, conversation with the other staff members he goes, what do you think i'm like oh yeah yeah that guy <laughs> that's the guy yeah. need. <laughs> and uh you know just that real honesty is 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 uh just one of the uh best qualities you have just that real transparency honesty and, and realness so um you know i think having watched everything that's gone on since you guys have transitioned to this role it's it's very clear god's working through you guys 
Um, and uh, it's fun to see. Um, you know, I feel like the last 10 years for each of us have been this journey that this is where we need to be right now. And uh, I think part of that discovery if for us, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, but our part of our discovery is looking back, you know, up, down, good, bad, going, okay, yep, now I know why we did that. Mm-hmm. Now I know why God uh, had us go through that. Okay, yeah, that makes sense now because now mm-hmm. I see where that applies to what I'm doing now. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys ever have those moments of like, oh, okay, yeah, that light bulb just went off. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. it, and then it kind of makes those moments easier in the present when you're going through the tough times and you're like, yeah. I don't understand why this is happening, but I know that God will use it down the road as he has, yeah. you know, things before. I one time, and I don't know where yeah. I heard this. I don't know if I made this up or heard it somewhere, but I thought, you know, it's funny that, you know, we always talk about what knowing what God's will. And I'm like, how much of that is hindsight? Knowing what God's will for your life is, is looking back and go, Oh, okay. Yeah, I get it. You know, mm-hmm. versus, yeah. you know, sticking true to what he's called us to be as, as, as believers, all of us, but then looking at the specifics and going, Oh, wow. Okay. Now, now I understand what all of this was about. Um, right. Mm-hmm. I have a picture. Now I have a better picture, but. Uh, and certainly know. wisdom comes from those hard falls, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey, uh, I really appreciate your guys' time. Anything else you wanted to throw out there? Anything else? Mm-mm. We're an no, hour we... behind, so we're not going to drag your Friday night out. Yeah. <laughs> well, considering that the dogs are like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were both sleeping before you called. Yeah, when, oh, you, when, when we started it, they were, they were being so good. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, we need to just drive them nuts. Yeah, <laughs> my voice drives animals crazy. It, it's what it is. They hear me and they go, oh, that guy sounds like he gets on the floor and rolls around with dogs. Yeah, <laughs> they're just practicing for when we come visit that's yeah, all that's what exactly that's what it is well hey we really really do appreciate you guys giving us the time for this and i'm looking forward to hearing uh and and, and putting this out there for people to hear i think you guys have a lot of uh, uh great wisdom for all of us who are uh in ministry um we definitely pray for your church and and <laughs> just really wish the best for everybody there like i said this covid 19 mike even pointed it out it's it's amazing that all of a sudden we get into this position now we're having to find a new paradigm for doing church mm-hmm. um and i think personally i think what it's doing is it's making us better uh, absolutely it's i think us so better too at what we do and uh you know we were sitting around as a staff the other day going you know in a million years we talked about doing this stuff but what we needed was a fire lit under us to get out and actually do it and now we have to actually prove that the church is not just four walls. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's the coolest part. Yeah. And I think that's where you guys were prepared for that. So and you already knew that and you guys already did that well. So uh, anyway, <laughs> something's happening. Kim's, you guys can't see in Zoom who are listening, but Kim's entertained by something and I don't know what it is. Well, now, now, now the human child's coming in saying, oh, yeah, that's what hey. Hey guys, can we do this later? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. It was I making our... me laugh. It was the mom face. <laughs> yes, I, I yeah, our... you get it. You get it. Yeah. He's over here like trying to plan out the whole evening like we're not doing something. <laughs> hey, yeah. that's all right. This quarantine has now led my youngest to throw to kick a shoe into a plate glass like picture frame. So that's where we are right now. Well, where I am at is uh, I had to tell Reese to take a marker out of his nose today. (laughs) (laughs) You know, good times. Good times. Yeah, we are entertaining ourselves. Well, hey, uh, 
I was in a meeting this morning and I had to stop the meeting and let my staff know that I, my the daughter had just hit her head on a wall and my son was alarming the neighborhood that he got gifts at the front door all at the same time. Well, <laughs> yeah, at least he had pants on and that's a victory. So anyway. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you guys for, for chatting with us. Um, definitely, uh, you know, some things were said tonight. I'd love to follow up again and get in a little deeper into some of these subjects. Um, we definitely, I think there's a lot of good to talk about. And uh, But uh, again, we are praying. We hope you guys are doing well during this lockdown and that hopefully we all get out soon. But uh, happy Easter, by the way. I know that's going to be you, you guys for too. All of us. So yeah, this is going to be strange. Yeah, it's going to be strange, but uh, you know what? Like you said, it's making us be better at what we do. So yeah. yeah. All right. Well, you guys have a good week. This is uh, this is Nathan for the Birds and the Lees, and Kim. Would you like to say bye? Yeah, this she's is got Kim. A dog. She's got a dog on screen with her. Uh, Hi, Dash. This, this is Nathan, and that's Kim, and I'm with Robin and Mike, and you guys have a happy quarantine, and we will talk to you later. Talk to you later.